And um, again, uh, please continue to pray for our activities in the church. Uh, while I'm away, we have already set up the uh, speakers, preachers, but uh, Brother Bong will be, um, you know, um, prompting those people in the list. And um, we hope and pray that uh, you will enjoy um, the, the, the message of the Word of God while um, we are also like doing things in the Philippines. So um, we'll be leaving tomorrow um, and our, our schedule coming back on the 2nd of January. So we'll be away for five Sundays. Um, and, um, but again, it's not, it's not as I thought that, you know, a relaxing trip. Because right now I, I see my schedule. Uh, there are there are so many preachings to do. But again, um, by the grace of God, uh, the Lord will just uh, give me the message by then. So I hope that you know everything will go well also with us um, in our church, and that you will continue to be faithful, and um, just you know do do the things that God wants you to do, and we will just be um, um, be blessed on on His word. Let's um, open our Bibles and let's see this passage. Um, we'll talk about this amazing love of the Lord, even to the sinners, uh, the people uh, that considered to be like an outcast or people who are not really, you know, unacceptable behavior and people who are uh, loathsome um, in the sight of the society and how the Lord still, you know, willing to save people like them. And that's, uh, we will see this um, person. Let's go to uh, Luke, the book of Luke, chapter 23. The book of Luke, chapter 23. Let's all stand, please, and let's read this. Um, I'll read these verses. Just follow with your eyes. From verse number 27 <coughs> up to verse number 43. So I'll just read this up, uh, from 27 to 43. Um, 43. Just follow with your eyes. <clears throat> and there followed him a great company of people and of women, which also bewailed and lamented him. But Jesus, turning unto them, said, Daughters of Jerusalem, weep not for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, <clears throat> the days are coming in the which um, they shall say, Blessed are, blessed are the barren. And the wombs that never bear, and the paps which never gave suck. Then shall he begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. <clears throat> For if they do these things in a, a green tree, what shall be done in the dry? And there were also uh, two other malefactors um, led with him to be put to death. And when um, they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him. And the, and the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left, then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. And the people stood uh, beholding, oh, sorry, and the people stood beholding. And the, the rulers also with them derided him, saying, Please save others. Let him save himself, if he be the Christ, or he be, if he be Christ, the chosen of God. And the soldiers also mocked him, coming to him and offering him vinegar. 
and saying, If thou be the king of the Jews, save thyself. And a superscription also was written over him in letters of Greek and Latin and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. And on one, um, and one of the malefactors which were hung railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the others answering rebuked him, saying, Dost uh, not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we received the due reward of our deeds. But this man had done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Let's pray. <clears throat> Our Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for um, giving us this time that we can gather together as your people and to hear um, encouragements from your word. Indeed, this particular passage of scripture um, will give us a great encouragement um, still to trust in you, Lord, no matter um, what our past may be, whatever things, Lord, that we have done. Lord, um, your, your grace is greater than our sins, according to our song. And indeed, Lord, um, your um, great love and your mercies upon us, uh, that is so great. Lord, we will just cling unto your mercy. We will cling unto your grace. And help us, O oh God, to see that, Lord, there is still hope even for the people uh, that have uh, been in sin, in deep sin in their lives. They can still come to the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, thank you for offering yourself um, to be the sacrifice for our sins. And now, Father, I pray that you will speak to us through this um, um, passage of Scripture and help us, Lord, to understand um, your, your great love. Help us to understand your um, intention of um, coming to this earth, Lord, just for the purpose of saving our souls. Now, Lord, um, help your people to understand this um, um, love and this mercy that you have given to us. And help me also as I deliver your word. Cover me with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And give your people understanding. And all of us, O oh God, we are praying that we can have victory through this passage of scripture. Help us in Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen. Please be seated. <clears throat> Again, um, looking at this scripture really is amazing, amazing display of God's faithfulness and God's uh, mercy. Um, because this per person here that we are um, reading about, I'm going, I'm going to focus about this person, um, the dying thief. He's the, on the cross. Uh, he was there hanging at the cross, and he was about to die. That day, you know, he died. We know it. Um, but uh, before he died, he has that great blessing of promise of the Lord Jesus Christ that he could enter heaven. It's not, he, he did not say entering heaven there, but today thou shalt be with me into paradise. And again, that is grace. Because this man doesn't have anything to show to God how good he is. This man does not have anything uh, that he has done to his merit that will enable him 
to enter the glory of God. There's nothing. Zero. And yet, you will find that this man uh, was given by the Lord Jesus Christ entry to heaven. And it is because of grace. That is what the Bible says about grace. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. And you will find here this person in a, a very, very um, odd character. A odd character that you can, you can say that there's no way that this person really can have a place in heaven. Probably if you like look at the situation of this man, why he was hung on the cross, because of uh, very strong evidence that he had committed you know, crimes. Not maybe just one crime, but crimes. Crimes that you, know, you cannot imagine any sane person or any person um, could do in his life, you know, to, to maybe to kill someone or to rob someone or steal someone's property and, and, and if, if um, get caught, kill, kill the owner of the property and then get away. That kind of crime is unacceptable in the society. That is wrong. Uh, stealing is wrong. Um, you know, stealing something that does not belong to the person is wrong. Now, again, uh, if you are caught, then kill that person so that there's no evidence, there's no witness. That is another wrong. In other words, this person is really um, hardened in his, in his um, mind about, uh, you know, um, taking advantage of people who could not defend themselves. And... Again, that kind of character is really unacceptable. And that is the character of this person. He was, of all people, I believe, the most undeserving heaven. There's no way that heaven will, will accept the kind of person he was. Why? I have a lot of reasons why he should not be accepted or admitted into heaven. Why? Because he was a criminal. He was a criminal. This person just wasted his life um, in, in a criminal career. He has done wake up in the morning, you know, hone his ability to steal and, and to get people's property and own it. This person has nothing uh, in his mind but, you know, uh, to, to live by you know, the, uh, the wealth of others, stealing them. He spent all his life, all his health, all his strength, all his money, all his time, all his opportunity in sin. There's no one else, there's nothing else that he would want to do in his life but sin. So this man, I believe, we can call this man whatever you can call this man. Despicable, loathsome, whatever you want to call this man. Maybe um, vile or abhorrent. Anything that, you know, we, me, I, I abhor snakes. <laughs> I abhor it. Even by the look of it, it's just loathsome. But again, there are people like that. 
There are people like that that just by the look of them, you abhor them. It's not because, you know, uh, the, the, the color of their skin, but it is because of what they are, you know, able to do. What they are, you know, intending to do and able to do and what they have done. That is really abhorrent. But if we really look into this matter of the criminal character of this man and compare this person to us, maybe he is a great sinner or one of the greatest sinners and we are on the lesser you know, degree of sinners. But I will tell you, my friend, whether it's great degree of sinner or less degree of sinner, but we are still sinners. And it's because we are all sinners, not one of us really, you know, uh, passed that um, um, the grade which the Lord our God has set, all of us failed the Lord. All of us. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. In Romans chapter 3 verse number 10, Romans chapter 3 verse number 10 as it is written there is none righteous no not one now if we compare ourselves to that malefactor if we you know um, equate or you know quantify the wrong things that he has done or the, the, the wrong deeds that he has done and also we remember all our sins and then we, we will put it in one side and we will uh, quantify all the sins that he has done and put it on the other side. Um, in our eyes, he is of great, you know, of, of greater um, um, sinner. But again, in the eyes of the Lord, there is none righteous. There is none righteous, no, not one. In verse number 11, Romans 3, verse 11, there is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. They're all gone out of the way. That means all of us right. in the sight of God have gone out of the way. And again, and they are, to, uh, they are together become unprofitable. There is none that... Um, there is none that doeth good, no, not one. When the Lord describes man, God's description is, you know, uh, it's not really good. God's description on man is not really good. Verse number 13 is God's description. He said, their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of us is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. <laughs> and the way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know what things whoever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. That is how God describes our position. That is how God describes man. Sinner. Sinful. And again, uh, you and I might say, oh, I have not, I have not, 
um, uh, sin really against uh, the Ten Commandments of the Lord. I, 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 I do not, um, um, I do not frequently sin against the Lord. Again, my friend, in the sight of the Lord, there shall no flesh be justified in His sight. That's right. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. And you see, this man's character is far from being deserving to enter heaven. If I am, you know, the gatekeeper of heaven, this man, no way. You cannot come in here. No. Go away. If, again, I will say that if you are the ones, um, supposing if you are the one, you know, um, um, the owner of heaven, you will not accept that person. Because that person does not deserve, you know, uh, any place in heaven. He was a criminal. He had committed gra um, grave crimes. Another thing, not just that he was a criminal, he was also ungrateful. Ungrateful. Why, why we say he is ungrateful? My friend, even though he was a criminal, he was still eating food um, that is, you know, um, the Lord provided for this world. And again, he lived his life in criminal activities day by day and enjoyed the bounties of God. And never, maybe in his mind or in his heart, um, that he praised the Lord for the food. He thanked the Lord for God's mercy and for God's provision. No. Perhaps he, he never said a word of thank to God after he, he eats those um, uh, food God provided and breathe his air or, or, or enjoy the sunlight or, 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 or enjoy the, um, you know, the, the beauty of um, nature. He has eaten God's provision and food and yet he had not even given to God anything. To praise the Lord. In other words, this man is not just a criminal, he is also an ungrateful person. I hope that you will not be named by the Lord ungrateful. I hope that, you know, um, um, every single day, every single time, um, we, we enjoy God's blessing, you know, the fresh air, uh, uh, we have houses to, 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 to live on, and we have we have uh, places that we can go and we can enjoy these um, places that the Lord has um, given us abundantly. I hope that you will find time to thank the Lord rather than us be found by God ungrateful. So, you know, have some time and thank the Lord. Lord, thank you that I'm still able to, you know, uh, uh, do my work and, and go to, to my job and um, I'm still able to uh, see my family and, and, and um, um, you know, breathe this fresh air because it is God's provision for us. And again, my friend, I hope that we are not uh, found by the Lord ungrateful. Only you, only you know it. And I do not know if uh, you really are thanking God in everything that you receive. This man is a criminal and ungrateful. He does not thank the Lord on anything. And the worst is that he was a thief. He was a thief. 
he had stolen from his fellow men he had stolen you know um, not just from men and the people around him the most you know grave thing that he has stolen is that he has stolen from God also he has stolen from God because the life that um, he lived is not supposed to be lived for himself that life that he lived is supposed to be lived for God but he used it for his own you know benefit I hope that you know uh, we will look at this situation and and look at this person and we see ourselves am I a, am I a thief Lord uh, do I live my life for myself Lord do I do I live my life for for my own pleasure recognize my friend that our life is not for our own we are bought with a price in in first Corinthians um, chapter 9 verse number 16 uh, it says or chapter 6 verse number 19 um, what know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you which you have of God and you are not your own he said uh, for you are bought with a price therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God's which belong to God the life that we live does not belong to us. The hours that we have does not, do not belong to us. The, um, the time that we have does not belong to us. The, the resources that we, that we use, you know, do not belong to us. They all belong to God. And because they all belong to God, we have to glorify God. Thank Him and honor Him by the use of those resources. Why? Because it is not for us to enjoy really all these things, but for us to, to give glory to God. Everything that we use, we should give glory to God. As God said in Revelation chapter 4, verse number 11. Revelation 4, 11. Um, for thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure in simple um, um you know in modern english uh, for your pleasure it's not my pleasure if the lord will give me resources it's not for my pleasure if the lord will give me things it's not for my uh, pleasure and my consumption alone it is uh, for the glory of the lord jesus christ that is the purpose why god has given us the blessing so that we can use that blessing for his glory and in that also you will you will take the joy you will take the joy if you can do um, great things for the lord using god's resources you see this man was a thief he was a criminal and he was ungrateful and again the worst thing of all is that he was a rejecter and a blasphemer to the son of god he, he blasphemed the Son of God. Oh, Pastor, he got saved, right? <laughs> yeah, he got saved, but before he got saved, he was a blasphemer too. Notice, notice that. There was this split window of time there. There was this window of time that his mind totally changed. The first time that he was hung to that cross, he was not that, you know, kind of 
defending the Lord. He was not kind of, you know, siding with the Lord. He also sided with the rest of the people deriding against the Lord. But there was this time that changed his mind. And he believed in Christ. All of a sudden, he just believed in Christ. Notice that in Mark chapter 15, verse number 32. Mark chapter 15, verse number 32. <clears throat> the Bible says, And as they did it, Oh, is it? 15, 15. Alright. And, and they bring him unto the place Golgotha, which is being interpreted the place of a skull. And um, that is the place these people were brought there. And in, in um, um, chapter 27, verse number 41, you will find here what happened to this malefactor. This one on the right, uh, on the right and on the left, one on the right got saved, the one on the left, you know, rejected the Lord. But both of these people, notice verse number um, from maybe 41, Mark chap uh, Matthew chapter um, Matthew chapter 27, verse number 41. Likewise, also the chief priests mocking him with the scribes and elders said he saved others himself he cannot save if he be the king of Israel let him now come down from the cross and we will believe him he trusted in God let him deliver him now if he will have him for he said I am the son of God notice verse 44 the thieves also the thieves both of them the two malefactors on the cross. The thieves also, which were crucified with him, cast the same in his teeth. Both of them. Now, uh, these people went to the cross. All of them condemned. If they died, you know, if they died upon arriving to the cross, both of them will go to hell. But eventually we see that one went to hell, but one went to heaven. There was that crucial moment there. There was that crucial moment that this person changed his mind. And all of a sudden, he believed in Christ. Just right there. Um, what I observe here in the text is that when the Lord Jesus Christ forgave those who sinned against him, that changed his mind. In a snap, what a great blessing that he, he heard that. What a great blessing that uh, when the Lord Jesus Christ forgave others, it just, it just shook him. What kind of person is this? This is, this is not ordinary man. This is the Son of God. And he believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, calling him, Lord, remember me. You will not say, to the Lord Jesus, Lord, if you do not believe him. Right. But he said, Lord, right. remember me when thou comest into the kingdom. You see, but again, prior to that, he was also a rejecter himself. He was a blasphemer of the Son of God. You see, again, as we abhor this kind of character of the person and, and, and this thief, I will tell you, I believe 
many of the people who are not maybe as sinful as he was but again many people are guilty of the same blasphemy the same blasphemy that this blasphemer as you know said again to the lord jesus christ the character of this thief may be to us unacceptable and cannot be accepted at all in whatever measure um, and that, that we can uh, meet with this but my friend we are just simply living our lives of the same condemnation we do not really you know honor the Lord we can even be charged of thievery against the Lord how many of us you know how many of us just one example how many of us um, use God's you know, tithes for ourselves. And in doing so, the Bible says, we are thieves. We are robbers. Robbers because the difference between thievery and robbery is very simple. Thievery is you, a person steals something from the, per, from the owner who is absent or, you know, not present. But robbery is a person that staking the property of the owner, you know, uh, in his presence. Whenever we use, you know, whatever God has given to us and we are supposed to give back to him part of that, whatever, you know, resources we use, we are, we are robbing the owner in his, before his eyes. He's watching us and we are... Um, you know, in his presence, um, guilty of robbery. That is exactly uh, what happened to this person. He's a, he's a robber. He's a, um, uh, he's a person that um, blasphemed the Lord. He's a person that um, is taking something from the Lord. And he's ungrateful. And he's a criminal. Uh, he has a really bad, bad character. But again... Um, the Lord is showing to us that we cannot condemn people really we cannot condemn people because while we condemn people of that sort of character we ourselves are you know um, um, condemned by, by the same condemnation so the Lord is stopping his disciples to make judgment you know this person is is uh, condemned this person is better no uh, this person is really worse and no we cannot really say that the Lord Jesus Christ spoke um, uh, to his disciples about there were these people who, who who got killed because there was this tower maybe by the earthquake that tower fell and the tower fell towards these people 18 people got uh, uh, been killed and the disciples were judging in their heart, oh, I think those people are sinners. Those people, because they are experiencing those kind of, of, of tragedy, I think they are condemned by God because they are, they are living in sin. Perhaps they are, they are hiding some sins in their lives. No, no, no. If there's something that will happen or, or um, something bad happens to any one of us or any, or any person, we cannot jump into conclusion that that person is hiding in sin we cannot do not judge by 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 looking at the misery of other people do not judge by looking at the 
tragedy of other people because we do not know what's God's purpose in that tragedy. Do not judge because we are not really um, given by God um, that kind of thing. But again, uh, as I said many times, we are not judges, but we are witnesses. We can witness, but we cannot be judges. In Luke chapter 13, is that story that I said, uh, Luke chapter 13, verse number 1. Notice this. How the Lord Jesus Christ stopped the kind of thinking, because we Christians, uh, we try our best to live uh, uh, you know, a holy life. We try our best to live uh, you know, um, um, uh, a life with integrity and honesty and everything that, you know, um, uh, in the sight of the Lord, that we will be acceptable to the Lord. We try that. We, we strive um, to live life like that. And then while we strive to live a life that is acceptable to God, you, you will observe other people. Oh, they are so careless in their lives. They are so, um, you know, they are sinners. That we feel like we are, we are holier than them. We feel like we are, we are holy and these people are sinners and we don't like them because they are sinners. No, we, we, we don't do that. And we cannot judge, as I said, because the Lord Jesus said, Do not judge yet. Do not judge yet. Luke chapter 13, verse number 1. There were a present all, um, at that season some that told him of the Galileans, whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answering said unto them, Suppose ye that these Galileans were sinners above all Galileans? Because they suffered such things, I tell you, nay. But except ye repent. So the Lord Jesus is, does not want to talk about those people who died. God, the Lord Jesus wants to talk about you. <laughs> Focus on yourself. How are you in front uh, before the Lord? How is, your, how is your standing before God? Do not think about other people standing. Forget other people standing before God. Mind your own life before God. Yeah, this is what Jesus Christ is saying. Yeah. I tell you nay. But except ye repent. You shall all likewise perish. If those people perish. Then if you are not careful in your life. The Lord also will, will cause you uh, into that same condemnation. Verse number 4. Or those um, 18 this is what I said. Those 18 upon whom the tower in Siloam fell and slew them. Think ye that they were sinners above all that dwell in Jerusalem? I tell you, nay. Except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. My friend, if we will not repent, if we will not just focus first on ourselves, and pastor, I cannot bear. These people do not live a holy life. No, that is not our business. We can be an influence to them, but we cannot force them. If you live your life righteous in the sight of the Lord, please do it because that is what God desires in us to live a holy life. But if you are fret because people are not following you, then forget it. That is not our business. Our business is to please first and foremost the Lord. Amen. And if the people will follow it, praise the Lord. But if they don't, then they have their own judgment. Don't worry about them. You see, you shall die in the same condemnation. 
but focus on your own self. Do not, you know, be uh, stressed so much about uh, the people. I'll tell you, in, in, our, in our household, if, if my children will not listen to me, then so be it. I will try my best for them to listen to me. I will try my best for, to influence them in the right way and the, the way of the Lord. But uh, we, there, there will come maybe a time that they will say, no, we will not follow that. And um, uh, this is what I want to do. And no one can stop me from doing. I will tell you, go ahead. Go ahead. Because we know that story already. We know the end of that story. Yeah. And you see, if, if as a father like me and my children will begin to not to follow uh, the example, I, I might be hurt because, you know, I don't want my children to go astray or experience problems in the future that could be avoided. And if they want, if they want really uh, the things of their own, then what can we do? What can we do? You see, that's why as a father, um, I put my children in, in such a way that uh, they, are, they are in the surrounding of, you know, a wholesome thing like uh, the Word of God, the Bible, in the church, and singing of only good music, and, and putting them in um, homeschooling so that the, as much as possible, the influence will be wholesome. That my children, by the grace of God, um, will not be bombarded with cussing and cursing and, and, and F-words. Uh, those kind of things will not always come into their ears. Because sometimes, you know, if you are, uh, if you are exposed to those kind of environment, and you hear these words all the time, and it comes into your ear, without you knowing it, it gets roots into your heart. And when you are in a situation just like, what makes them say the F words, and then you are in the same situation, you will say the words. Because it seems like that is a natural reaction um, uh, by people that, you know, normal reaction. That is why as much as possible, you know, we will, we will put our children like that, and we will, we will um, put them in a circumstance, I mean, in a situation or environment that will aid them. Yeah. To live a life that is acceptable to God. But again, if my children will not follow when they when they um, uh, when they think that there is another way here uh, to to live a life that is that is you know uh, um, 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 wholesome in their eyes, then they might not follow me. But as as much as um, I have the power, I will put them in in the places like the church. Uh, because I love them, I want them to, to learn the things of the Lord. But we cannot really force our children. We cannot force them. There's a saying uh, that says that you can, you can lead the horse into the river, but you cannot force the horse to drink. We can take our children to church, but we cannot really, you know, force them to accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. But again, as a father, I have a way in order to, you know, um, to get to what I want in my children. I want my children to be saved, so I will put them to this kind of environment. And I will put them in the, in the places where uh, that, will, uh, that is, that is uh, conducive to salvation. They're, in their studies, they have all these words about the Bible and, and um, all this memorization that they, they are going to do that will 
in, you know, make them think about the Lord. So the same thing is true with the, with the horse to the river. Take the horse to the river, but you cannot force the horse to drink. And in order for you to achieve what you want, put salt in the mouth. Then the, the horse will just look for water. That is what we are doing. In order to achieve what we want. You see, the Lord has given us that, um, you know, um, thing so that we, we, really, we really want our children um, to be honorable. We want our children to be blessed. We want our children to avoid uh, problems, spiritual problems, and, and relationship problems, and, and all those uh, things that can be avoided. Parents, we have to look at these things. Because if we don't, we pity our children when they get into the situation where um, they could have avoid, uh, avoided the problems. You see, again, this thief here is a rejecter and blasphemer of the Son of God. And yet, the Lord was so merciful upon him. He has a very, very poor character. A poor character. But not just his character. Look at his condition. The condition of this man. This condition of a man was, you know, very um, obnoxious. He was suffering. Not because of whatever deeds or, or, or good, good deeds that he has done. But he, he, he suffered because of his own sins. He was there placed at that cross because of his own sins. In verse number 32 in our text, if you go to um, Luke chapter 23, verse number 22, or 32 rather, 32. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him. And the malefactors one on the right hand and the other on the left. This malefactor suffered because of his own doing. He was hung on the cross. I will tell you, my friend, sin brings its own punishment. That's right. The sins that he has committed. At the first, he stole that money or whatever it is. And then run away. And because you know it was successful, it was successful at the first, then he went around again and steal money again and run away. And then do it again and run away. And do it again and do it again and do it again. Until that he was caught. And I think apart from stealing here, he was he also killed someone. Maybe that person that he was trying to steal money from saw him and he killed the person and it's just grave sin. And because of that, it's, it seems to him that at first, because it was victorious, successful, then another occasion, it's all success and success and success. There's no failing. It's always successful. But he did not know that the Bible says already, that be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Right. He will reap that thing that, you know, uh, the, the, the fruit of his doing. 
You see, his condition is appalling. He suffered for his own sins. And also, he was unworthy of the least mercy. Why we say that? Maybe because who, who knows, you know, what he did to these people that he, he stole money from. Maybe some of them begged him, you know, please return that to me because that's very important. That's for the medicine of my children. Oh, that's for our food and my, uh, uh, my sick, my sick um, um, husband or something like that. And the people begged mercy for him to just do, do it, that, do not do, it, do that evil. But again, he would not listen. He's hard-hearted. He's um, unmerciful. So therefore, because he is like that, this person is also not worthy of any or any least of mercies. He's not worthy at all. Because this person is a rebel. He's a sinner. And again, you have to understand, my friend, that, you know, this person is just um, um, so sinful in his mind that he does not think about God and he does not think about repercussions and ramifications of his action he, he just don't really you know think about that there will be a day for him there will be a day that he's going to pay the penalty of the price and now we know what's the penalty of the price he was there hanging on the cross romans chapter 8 verse number 5 we have to understand Romans 8, 5, For they that are um, after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit, for to be carnally minded is death. He wants that money and he wants that money now. He does not want to work. He does not want to play, you know, fair. He, does, he, he just wants himself to be enriched with things that does, do not belong to him. And why? Because he is carnally minded. And we are told that being carnally minded, the end point to that is death. Right. For to be carnally minded is death. In opposite to that, to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Verse number 7, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can be. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. You see, this person really is, you know, so much and he's like dead in sin. He has, he has you know, he lived his life in sin, soaked in sin. And I do not know what's, what activity that he has done for sure, godless. He does not think about God. He does not think about the Word of God. He does not think about, you know, other people. He has no um, empathy. He has no, um, you know, heart for the people. All he needs is his, what he wants. All, all what he wants is just pleasure for his own um, selfish desire. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 1, the Bible says here, and you had he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Wherein, in time past, you walk according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past 
in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And where by nature the children of wrath, wrath even as others. It jumped to verse number 12, uh, Ephesians 2 12, that at the time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. My friend, our life, if, you know, if you remember our life before we got saved, woe is very far off. We are very far off uh, from, from, you know, the, the, the blessing of God and the, and the things of the Lord. We are very far off, but by the grace of God, by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are now we are nigh um, to the Lord Jesus Christ, near to the Lord Jesus Christ. This man, this man is unworthy of least, of the least of mercy. And this man was helpless also to, to save himself. He is now at the cross. He is just, you know, that the, the clock is ticking. The clock is ticking every second. Every second. It's just, it's just a matter of minutes. It's just a matter of hours. Then his life will be over. There's no way out. And there's no way to escape. And there's no, you know, help that come his way. This man, right there at the cross of Calvary, hung helpless. He was helpless to save himself. He could not get out of that cross. There's no way. He was already there. Another thing, spiritually, he could not also help himself spiritually. Why? Because he could not work for his salvation. He was already there. His hands were nailed to that cross. And he could not do anything, any good thing, if good works can make him to get to heaven. If good works is the way uh, that can save him from, from uh, the tragedy in hell, then there's no way that this person will be saved. Because he could not do any good works at the cross. But praise the Lord, our salvation is not by good works. Amen. Our salvation is by the grace through faith Amen. in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what Ephesians chapter 2 verse number 8 and 9 says. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. In Galatians chapter 2 verse number 16. Galatians chapter 2, verse number 16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law. A person cannot be justified by following the Ten Commandments. Oh, Pastor, are you saying that we do not follow the Ten Commandments? No, I'm not saying that. You follow the Ten Commandments because that is good for the community, that is good for the family, that is good for yourself, that is good for everyone. But following the Ten Commandments cannot take you to heaven. Because what can take you to heaven is the Lord Jesus Christ sacrificed Amen. himself for you. Amen. You see, knowing that a man is not justified by, uh, by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ, 
that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. You see, Romans chapter 4 verse number 5. Romans chapter 4 verse number 5. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him. You see that? To him that worketh not, but Amen. believeth on him. Amen. That justifieth the ungodly. His faith is counted for righteousness. Amen. You see, his faith, not his works, but his faith is counted for righteousness. You see, I'll tell you, my friend, this person, this person could not even go down on his knees to pray to God. He could not, he could not go down to the floor and, and bend his knees there and beg God for forgiveness of his sins. He could not. He could not pray the way we pray. Me, I, I have, you know, on the side of the bed, I will pray there. I will kneel down on the floor and, and, and beg God for something that um, I pray to the Lord, um, something that uh, is heavy in my heart. So I can beg the Lord with bended knees. I can, I can pray to God with, with my knees there on the floor, seeking God's favor. But this man could not bend his knees and pray to God, kneeling, because he has no power. He was there hanging on the cross. This person, his body was hanging in between heaven and earth. If salvation can, can be attained by paying, this person could not pay it. He has nothing to pay for his salvation. First and foremost, he has no money. Uh, if in case he had lots of uh, money because of his thievery, God for sure would accept any of those money as payment for his sins. Because it was the product of his sins. In other words, this person is really rich. This person is really in trouble. He has no help whatsoever coming his way. There is no way that his money could help him. There are so many people that trust in their money to, to save them in the future. Oh, I, I, I will tell you, um, hell has no, I ha, has no place for me. Because um, I have priests and nuns and all these people in the church pray for me. I heard, you know, that kind of uh, pastor preaching about that. A mayor... A mayor in a in the one of the cities in Cebu. Yeah, he said that word because he was uh, very rich. Yeah, he was very rich. Yeah, he he almost owned the entire city. So it was in his power. He built all this church and all this big statue of saints there in the plaza and and and, and churches he erected in the places in the city. And because of his relationship with the um, archbishop and his relationship with the priests and nuns, uh, all these priests and nuns uh, are in his peril. So because of that, he is so confident that hell has no place for him. Because these priests and nuns, if once he dies, will not stop praying for him day and night. So he will, you know, 
he, he is assured that uh, he could go to heaven. My friend, the Bible does not say that. That's right. Romans, I mean, Psalm chapter 49, verse That's number right. 5. Yeah. Verse number 6. Psalm chapter 49, verse number 6. They that trust in their wealth and boast themselves in the multitude of the riches, none of them can by any means redeem his brother nor give to God a ransom for him. Why? Why? There's no money involved in this. Because the redemption of their soul is precious. Why it is precious? Because the redemption of our soul cannot be bought by money because it was purchased by the blood of the Son of God. That is the reason why money has no place in the salvation. You see, this person, maybe he stole all this money and stacked all this money so that when he dies, his family can pay the priest and pray for his soul. But again, that money would not work. That's right. Because the Bible says the redemption of their soul is precious. You see, whatever, you know, this person, he could not, he could not bend his knees to pray. He could not uh, pay for his salvation. And he could not even attend a mass to take communion. There's no way. There's no way that any priest that would go to that cross, Calvary, and then give that person that, you know, um, um, bread. So that for the last rite or last communion, this person was helpless. And if baptism can save, this person has no way to be baptized. He could not be baptized. He was there um, hanging on that cross. If joining the church is a... It's a way a person can be saved by being a part of the church. Now this person cannot be saved because he cannot join a church. You see, if he is to be saved, my friend, it must be on the ground of free, full, and sovereign grace of God. That's only grace. The only hope that he has is the grace of God. And praise the Lord, our, our Lord is full of grace. Amen. For by grace are you saved through faith. You see, the Lord is um, so gracious, even to this despicable person in the sight of the society. The character of the person, the, the condition of this person. Now, let's take a look at this lastly, the confession. The confession of this person. We know his character. We know his condition. Now let's take a look at this. Luke chapter 23, verse number 41. Luke chapter 43, or 23, sorry. Luke 23, verse 41. He said this coming from his own mouth. And we indeed justly. And we indeed justly. For we receive the due reward of our deeds. He knows that. He, he confesses that he is a rotten sinner. He has done nothing good at all. That's right. Yeah. If there is anything to be done in his body, in his life, that is it. Cross at Calvary. No less. Why? Because of his grave sin. And he knows it. And looking at the Lord Jesus, 
and he looked at the other side and he looked at himself but the Lord Jesus is different that is why when the, when the, 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 the person on the other side derived the Lord Jesus this person was stopped by this man and we indeed justly for we receive the due reward of our deeds. Now, he said, we suffer this suffering because that this is our, you know, the product of our own doing. This is the product of our doing, and therefore, we have to accept it, and do not um, um, charge this man, he's referring to the Lord Jesus, because the Lord Jesus is just. He confessed his own wretchedness before God. There is now humility in here. A while ago, he also derided the Lord Jesus. But now is a complete change, change of mind. And again, the Bible says every every man will proclaim his own goodness, but a faithful man who shall who can find. But this man now no longer proclaims his own goodness. Now we are sinners. We are sinners, and but this man, he referred to the Lord Jesus Christ. He is a just man. So he confessed that the Lord Jesus had done nothing amiss. In other words, the Lord Jesus had not committed sin. The Lord Jesus had no sin, and yet he suffered for sin. What is that? We call it substitution. But the Bible tells us what is that in 1 John 3, 5. 1 John chapter 3, verse number 5, the Bible says, And ye know that he, the Lord Jesus, was manifested to take away our sins. And in him is no sin. Hebrews chapter 4 verse number 15. Hebrews 4 15. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. But was in all points tempted like as we are. Yet without sin. In 1 Peter chapter 1 verse number 19. 1 Peter 1.19 But with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. And, and in 1 Peter chapter 2 verse number 22 the Bible says who did no sin neither was God found in his mouth. He's referring to the Lord Jesus Christ again. In 1 Peter chapter 3 verse number 18 for Christ also had once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, Amen. that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. For he had made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God 
in him. Amen. You see, all this, this person confessed that the Lord Jesus had done nothing amiss. And exactly that's what happened right. the, throughout all the scripture. The Lord Jesus Christ was, was uh, spoken to be a, a person that had not committed any sin in his life. Amen. And therefore, he saw in the Lord Jesus a substitute. A substitute. Because Jesus Christ suffered for the sin that he had not done. And he died on that cross because of the sin. But again, that he did not do. He had done nothing amiss. Now because if nothing amiss, then he must be there on the cross for someone else. What's the purpose why he's in the cross if he's not committed any sin? He's there at the cross because of the sinners Amen. and who is that he throws himself this person had done nothing amiss so he sees in the person of jesus christ a substitute this is the one that will pay the penalty of his sin and again that's what first peter said there that for christ uh, also had one suffered for sins that just for the unjust his death um, uh, you know, uh, could be for the for the thief on the cross. The death of Jesus Christ could be for his own, for his own sin, and 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 the death of uh, the Lord Jesus Christ uh, could be uh, for his relatives too. The death of Jesus Christ could be for for everyone, for everyone that would come to him, and that's what exactly what happened. The Lord Jesus Christ and his death on the cross um, is given for all who would come to him. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. You see, he saw in Christ a substitute and he saw in Christ a deity. A deity, that means... This is the Son of God. A deity, that means this is God Himself. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And you see in verse number, um, in, 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 first, um, in Romans chapter 10, verse number 9, He looks at the Lord Jesus Christ, and He saw a deity in Him. When he confessed with his mouth, Lord, remember me. Lord, remember me. In Romans 9, he said um, uh, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. So he saw in the Lord Jesus, you know, um, a deity. And he saw in the Lord Jesus a substitute. And he saw in the Lord Jesus also on the cross where every sinner must see him every sinner uh, must look at him <clears throat> you see how how john the baptist uh, um proclaimed the lord jesus and introduced the lord jesus to the world john the baptist in, uh, that is in john chapter 1 verse number 29 the next day the lord uh, the john you know, was baptizing and then he saw him with the Lord Jesus and said, Behold 
the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. The, the Lord Jesus is the Lamb of God, and his purpose is to take away the sins of the world. <coughs> the, this person, this thief at the cross, he anticipated a resurrected Savior. Why he said that he is anticipating? That means he knows that in the future time, the Lord Jesus will rise, will get back, you know, uh, uh, rise back from the dead. Why he said that? No, go again, Luke chapter 23. Verse number 41. He said, and we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man had done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest unto thy kingdom. So he knows that the Lord Jesus Christ will die also later on. But why he said that he has a kingdom? Why? Because he believes that Jesus Christ will be resurrected. So he anticipated that Jesus Christ will be resurrected. And indeed, um, it happened. And again, another thing. In verse number 43 of our text, Luke 23. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. In other words, in the, in, in the perspective of this man at the cross, um, in Christ, he, he can find comfort. Because the Lord Jesus promised him. He had the best promiser, you know, in his life. Right there beside him. The person beside him is the best promiser of the world. The Lord Jesus promised him, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. The Lord Jesus made a promise to him. And why he is why he's the best promiser? Because he is the Savior. And, and again, um, he had the best promi promiser and he had the best place. And what is the place being promised? Paradise. The paradise. And the best time that he has is when the Lord Jesus said, Today. Today. In other words, if if you know the Catholic will just look at this. If the Catholic will just look at this, there is no purgatory here. That's right. That's right. From that cross to the crown of heaven. Amen. There's nothing in between. Nothing stopping somewhere. From that cross. The Lord Jesus, today, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. He had the best place. He had the best promiser. He had the best comfort. He had the best time. And also, he had the best company. The best company is because he and the Lord Jesus Christ will be together. You see, why we love to go to heaven? Why? It's not because of the streets of gold. It's not because of the uh, mansions in heaven. It's not because of the uh, pearly gates. It's not because of the beautiful, you know, things in heaven. We love to go to heaven because the Lord Jesus Christ is there. Amen. That's the reason. If if the Lord Jesus Christ is not in heaven, that heaven has lost its beauty, because the beauty of heaven is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And that is why, you know, we have to understand that the Lord Jesus Christ has done so a lot of great things for us. A lot of great things. 
All we need to do is thank Him. Lord, thank you. Be grateful to Him and thank Him for the, uh, for the blessings that uh, He prepares for us. My friend, if the Lord Jesus Christ was merciful upon this great sinner, if the Lord Jesus Christ is merciful upon this uh, person, how much more, you know, merciful He is to us? If the Lord Jesus Christ is willing to save the malefactor at the cross, I believe the Lord Jesus Christ is also uh, willing to save you. If you are here tonight and you, are, you do not know that you will go to heaven when you die, I will tell you, my friend, accept the Lord Jesus Christ into your life. And you will be saved, as the Bible says. And once you do, thank Him. Then serve Him. And serve Him with all your heart. Let's bow in prayer. Our Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, once again for the reminder of your word. Lord, thank you for the great mercy. Thank you, Lord, for the grace that you have um, given to us, O oh God. Lord, we see tonight, despite of the sinfulness of the sinner, Lord, you are still willing to accept the person and be a substitute to the person for the person to be saved and for you, Lord, um, to take his place. And Lord, we thank you for what you have done. Thank you, Lord, for the salvation of souls. Thank you, Father, for saving us. And Lord, for your um, willingness, Lord, um, to, to take our place um, there at Calvary. Lord, I pray that all of us will realize about this great love that you have shown to us, about this great um, work that you have done at the cross of Calvary. And every day and every single day in our lives, Lord, we will give you thanks and praise for the salvation that you have given to us. Bless, Lord, your people. And thank you, Lord, for reminding us tonight. And I pray that this uh, message tonight will cause us to be grateful to you, O God. Grateful of what you have done to us. Bless your people once again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.